0: I am so grateful to Sarah for taking the time for an Orange Socks interview by phone. Her daughter, Betty, has been diagnosed with Pataki Schaefer Syndrome, a very rare genetic disorder. Betty's life inspired Sarah to create the podcast, BringingUpBetty.com, that features stories from parents of children with special needs. First question I'm just curious about is uh, uh, when did you find out that that your daughter had pataki schaefer syndrome
1: Uh, well she wasn't officially diagnosed until she was about eight months old but we kind of had a long journey to get there when i was pregnant with her when we did the standard 20-week ultrasound there were a few red flags that came up on just that normal ultrasound you get at the doctor's office. They said that there were three soft markers to indicate that there could be a problem, probably chromosomally with our baby. And so the doctor requested some additional blood work and then a level two ultrasound. We went to maternal fetal medicine and had a follow-up with that. So we had that level two ultrasound and by then they had gotten the results. The additional blood work and when they did both of those things with all that additional information they said oh no your baby looks great like no worries just enjoy the rest of your pregnancy you should be expecting a totally healthy baby so we had kind of this roller coaster just in the in the time of the pregnancy but then we really thought we were good to go and then when she was born we noticed she was just so different from our first birth She's our second, and she just seemed super sleepy. I don't know, not as like engaged, but everyone had told us before she was born that, you know, this, is, this little baby is going to be her own person, so don't compare her to her sister. So we were trying to do that. We're like, oh, she just must be so different from her sister. So we kind of just chalked it up to that. And then um, as time went on, we started to have some more serious concerns. By the time she was two months old, we went in for her to well check. I remember one of the things is she had this umbilical hernia. Like it just, I mean, it it seemed huge to us. It was like probably her belly button area stuck out about two inches from her stomach and it was just protruding. And it seemed like this, you know, huge concern. And she she had this weird choking, coughing, gagging thing she would do. She wasn't smiling and she wasn't looking at us. But I remember going to the doctor. He said, this little hernia, it looks like the biggest, you know, like a big deal, but it is the least of your concern. And that was totally a sobering moment. He wrote that she had global developmental delays on a, an early intervention pamphlet and, and told me to call them. And I thought, man, she's only two months old. Like what, you know, how could she be globally delayed at this point already? But there were just some milestones that she was already missing. And we were really encouraged, so, by our doctor that just, you know, some additional help that she would catch up to her peers and continued to progress and he said man if she's just two months behind then in a year or two years no one would even be able to perceive the difference so we kind of hung on to that for a while and as time went on and she just it wasn't that she wasn't progressing but it was like so slow that we were like i don't know this (laughs) there's more to it and we he had definitely referred us to like several additional specialists and all of these tests were coming back normal we did like a cat scan and mri and chest x-ray and follow study and just test after test with every concern that we had was coming back normal. So we didn't really know what to think. We kind of felt we were dealing with a potentially really scary thing, but we didn't know what it was. And so part of that made just everyday life kind of hard because, you know, anytime she would, like, get a little rash or, like, have a new cough or something, we were like, oh, no, is this the beginning of, you know, manifestation of, of some huge thing that we just haven't discovered yet? And so finally, we got into a geneticist. We rec- our neurologist requested genetic testing, and our insurance, of course, refused to cover it. Finally, and it's quite expensive, so it wasn't something that we felt confident we needed to do, you know, to pay the like $7,000 for this blood test. So we finally got into a geneticist and um, for whatever reason, when he requested it, our insurance said that they would cover it. And he was, I think there were three things he was looking for just based on her development at that age and some of her physical characteristics. And a couple of, I think one or two of the things he had on his list were, I mean, they had a significantly decreased life expectancy, like like 18 months or something. So that was very scary because we, you know, we're like... Our <laughs> We're like halfway done with our baby's life, potentially. So thankfully, those tests came back negative. And then the genetic testing did reveal that she was missing a part of her 11th chromosome and that it was associated with a syndrome called pataki Schaefer syndrome. So if you Google it, like I did, there's not a lot of information about it because they told us that at that time, there were 40 known cases in the world. So there had only been one uh, clinical study done about the syndrome, and there was there was a report from that. that had six pages of data, and by the time we actually met with the geneticist discuss her diagnosis. I basically memorized all the information that there was out there. Yeah, so that they gave us this diagnosis. And you no, know, before she was diagnosed, I was I was like desperate to have a diagnosis. I thought if we find out what it is, then we'll have like a, an action plan. We'll have a roadmap. We'll know what to expect. We'll know what to do to help her. And that just wasn't a case because it's so rare, and it, it's such a huge spectrum of outcomes that we really we had we had a name for it but we had no other information basically
0: so in your case the diagnosis offered no comfort or help at all
1: not really although it did put us with having that name we were able to find some other families relatively quickly thanks to facebook (laughs) surprisingly there was a facebook group And then there are some some good organizations that can put you in touch with other families that have rare syndromes. And so we got in touch with a few other families, and that was the biggest thing for us was just having other people that understood and that could kind of help us know what, what to expect and what they had dealt with and what life was like with their children. So that was probably the biggest thing was even though we didn't get clinically a lot of information, we got, you know, a name that could help put us in touch with other people that were maybe further down the road with it, knew what we were dealing with.
0: So what is, what's been the hardest things for you you know, in the last four years with, with your daughter?
1: Well, it ranges from, I mean, there's like the day-to-day hard things, which some of them actually other families that have children with pataki Schaefer syndrome haven't really dealt with very much. So that's been kind of hard, cause we just feel, like, a little bit alone with it. I'd say one of the biggest things that's come up is some of her sensory issues. So she's like, sensory processing disorder. And it just makes everyday happenings around the house feel, like, impossible to her. So, cool. so she will lose her mind, like scream and cry when we, for example, open the mail <laughs> like opening an envelope or a box. for sister is, you know, rifling through a box of Legos or if we like are preparing food in front of her. I mean, they're just the funniest things that you would never put together, but especially related to sound, if she can't handle we got a new minivan expecting our third baby. the automatic doors on the on this side. She just cannot handle. So for the first several months every time we got in and out of the car, it was a total meltdown. So yeah, that's been a challenge. Also the fact that she's Growing is is difficult because she doesn't walk yet. And so she's about 40 pounds right now. And, and I know 40 pounds is 40 pounds, but I feel like she is a heavy 40 pounds. It's weird because she has low muscle tone, but then she, at the same time, she can be very strong. And so she, she has this way of like throwing her weight around that is really taxing <laughs> on um, anyone that's trying to carry her or help her. That's been a challenge. And then I'd say the thing that, that kind of creeps in that I have to push aside is, you know, thoughts about the future and, like, We've, we've identified, because I think we're parents of a typically developing child first, I think with that, you come to understand eventually that most things are just a phase. You know, most of the hard stuff is, is just a phase, whether it's battles at bedtime or mealtime or tantrums. Usually your kids will kind of go through those and then, and then they come out on the other side and you both learn something along the way. And with, with Betty, those phases can be really, really long <laughs> because her development, is so much slower and so it's kind of hard to remember that this could possibly just be a phase it's easy to think oh my gosh the rest of our life is going to be like this I just have to remember that we definitely don't have a crystal ball and we don't know what's going to happen and how how far she will develop and all the skills that she can possibly gain and just kind of hold on to that hope that you know that there are good things to come too Also
0: well, so tell me about the joys
1: there's so many things she just has a sweet personality and spirit and we just love her and i think having her in our family has i mean she she brings us so much joy i love watching the interaction that she has with her older sister a lot of my friends that have you know more than one child are dealing a lot with uh you know sibling rivalries and battles and we really don't have to do deal with that at, at our house at all because they just have this really sweet relationship that I don't know that they would have if Eddie were typically developing. There's just an extra little bit of sensitivity and tenderness, and I love that that is a part of, of our family culture, and um, hopefully learning more compassion towards everyone around us is a huge benefit. We have had several times where right when we're kind of at a breaking point <laughs> that some kind of big thing happened that is either developmentally or medically like progress for Betty just most recently with the birth of our third child who's just six weeks old now things are just kind of chaotic and you're living in survival mode she had been I don't we just we've just been dealing with a lot of challenges with her and then in like a week's time or a, month, a month's time it seemed like her vocabulary it, it seemed like it. Just doubled, like almost overnight, which is huge for her because her communication has been a big, big challenge. And so it seems like every time we hit a roadblock in one area, there might be a developmental leap in another area. And so that's been really encouraging.
0: You mentioned that that she's had impact on on siblings and the interaction that that uh, she has with her with her older sibling. What impact has she had on your extended family or neighbors or friends?
1: It's been really sweet to see. She was born at a time when, in just our little neighborhood, there were about six babies due right around the time that she was due. And so I was so excited to have her just grow up with this little pack of friends in her neighborhood. And, and so as she was diagnosed and then as she was obviously not keeping up, and then, you know, we knew that this issue would be around for good. Like, it it wasn't just a get a little extra help and catch up kind of thing. I I realized that she She wouldn't be in that little pack with her peers, you know? That's what I thought. But even those little friends have been, like, fierce defenders of her and so cute and sweet. And I just love her. And so that has been so neat to watch. And then... As far as extended family, I mean, her, we don't have cousins that live in the same state or anything, but she does have, gosh, when those kids come to town, though, they, I mean, they all just want to see and hold and play with Betty and my oldest niece, and I don't know that it's just because of Betty, but I think it certainly helps. She's just finished her freshman year at BYU and she's studying special education. So I think that probably because of a little more exposure to a child with special needs, her cousin, she has seen. Just how special they are and what a you know the extra help that they need, and that this is something she wants to pursue for her career. So I think that's really cool.
0: So just a, another question uh, if if I came to you either with a in utero diagnosis or shortly thereafter, similar that I guess in your 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 case with a with a, a child that had a similar uh, syndrome, what advice would you give me?
1: Oh, I would say. Learn everything you can to help your child live the best happiest life that they that they can. give them every access to learning and development. But then, at the same time, the probably the best advice we've gotten is the to not let us a stack of symptoms get in the way or cloud your view of your child when when she was just two months old or three you know as we were starting to kind of unravel this puzzle of what was going on with her I remember her pediatrician telling us don't let her become just a stack of symptoms he said you have a beautiful daughter go home and just love her and I think that that I mean that's that's just the truth no matter what your child is dealing with and I think it's really unfortunate that we live in a world where a lot of people form their expectations based on a on a blood test I don't think we should do that it doesn't benefit anyone we're trying constantly to you know we we're well informed about the clinical side of things but at the same time we don't want to let that put any roadblocks ahead of our daughter we have realistic expectations but we also aren't going to let those be formed by the medical community I guess and I would encourage other parents to
0: well, I appreciate that. You have a daughter with a disability, mm-hmm. uh, Pataki Schaefer syndrome, very rare, not a lot known about it. You have uh, a lot of responsibilities with your other children. You have some physical demands also in, in caring for Betty. Is it worth it?
1: oh for sure for sure she's part of our family I can't I really can't imagine I can't this might sound weird but I can't imagine her any other way which this is just a part of who she is and it's part of who our family is and thank goodness for that because she has taught us so many things so many lessons that are beyond what we could ever know or experience if she were not a part of our family it is most definitely worth it
0: great thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me
1: Sure. Oh, my pleasure.
0: I appreciate it.